to another episode of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. I'm your host, Sabia, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, John. How you going, John? I'm going pretty well. Um, I'm not plagued by hay fever quite as much right now, so I'm, I'm like, it's good. I'm ecstatic by comparison. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, that's good. It's 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 going to be peak season coming up, so I, I, I bet you're bracing for it. Oh, well, now I am. I was kind of, it was kind of slightly better, but no, you're probably right. It's going to get worse. Um, yeah, I can go on a, te- I can go on a tear about hay fever lately. It's been really bad this year, but yeah. Anyway, I'll stop there. Um, how you go? How you been going, Avia? Yeah, I've been doing all right, man. Doing all right. For folks at home, we're working on a special project behind the scenes here at Double Jump, and we're, uh, we're excited to unveil it pretty soon. But yeah, it's a. Uh, it's interesting jake's been hard at work doing some things behind the scenes so uh super excited to share with you all soon yeah looking forward to that that should be <laughs> exciting uh so well uh, what's been happening for you man played anything recently watched anything recently yeah i've been playing too much pie cross again because i mentioned that a few <laughs> weeks ago how i got the um yep the Sega one, that's right. Mm, um, and mm. I've been playing through like another section of that, and it's like it's getting to the point where it's like because I play it while I listen to like podcasts. Um, yeah, and it's like it's it's per yeah. I said that last time, so it's just perfect podcast, like uh, multitasking. Um, but mm. it's uh, I've been playing it too much, and I think the way I've been sitting has been like really hurting my neck. So every time I wake Ooh. up, every time I wake up, like last couple of days, my neck's been really sore. So it's like, oh, okay, I gotta stop playing Firecross. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's on Switch, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, awesome. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> uh, I've been playing uh, some more Destiny. Uh, it's been fun getting back into that. I remember how good it feels to play that game. And I think in terms of like the speed of the movement and everything, I think it's probably the closest uh, I've seen to something like a Titanfall in a long time. Uh, it doesn't have the wall running and everything, but it has kind of the you know the abilities that you look for. But yeah, right. uh, I'm excited to see. Uh, I'm excited to level up and get to like the end game content, doing raids and stuff with people. It'll be a lot of fun, because um yeah it's it's the great thing about like Destiny is that there are a lot of uh, a lot of experiences like that, but to to play with other people, you need to be the right level. So I'm I'm trying to catch up. Yeah, right. yeah. So like, are you like properly hooked back in now? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Damn it, they got me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, uh, and um, I've been watching some Kim's Convenience on Netflix. Uh, it's super funny, super funny show. You, yeah, I think you've seen a bit of it. Yeah. Yeah, I watched. Uh, I. Uh, I don't remember how far I got. I think I, I think before, hmm, let's say a couple of seasons, around a couple of seasons. Cool, cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just started season two uh, last night, so uh, super excited to see what what goes on. It's a, uh, I think it's, it's, it's like a great mix of acting and writing. I think you have shows where one or the other can fail and you, you, um, you feel incomplete, like you don't feel satisfied, but uh, this this is done very well it kind of reminds me of like the first couple of seasons of uh like brooklyn 99 or something like it was just very sharp yeah right so, um, and and something like archer as well like the characters like you, you know each character like you have a you can't mistake one character for another which is which is always good 
Yeah, it's like you say like performance and writing, and it's like that's kind of what sick like good sitcoms blend together really well. Like they kind of hit mm. you know a good level on both. Oh, well, I mean, I don't yeah. know. It should be good in general, <laughs> but it's um, yeah, they're just yeah. It's like you can highlight both the performances and the writing individually, mm. and it's yeah, yeah. But it's um, yeah. I was like, it makes me think about how like there's always like a golden age of like sitcoms where they're. I, I want to say probably usually the second season actually where they've kind of got the characters and writing down flat like like exactly like how they mm. want them but it's not before new writers have come on board to like stereotype them because <laughs> that happens eventually with sitcoms <laughs> yeah, all the time true, true. where it's like you know new writers come on board and they, they get kind of like the broad strokes of a character and they get rid of yeah. like those kind of little bits of details and they end up getting like inconsistent like I noticed that with Brooklyn Nine-Nine actually it's like it's not the biggest yeah. deal at all because I think that show has remained pretty good generally. But um, I've noticed with Ray Holt, like the captain in that one, he's the police captain. He's, um, he's got all these like specific neurotic details about his life and about how he lives. And like there's been at least two that have like are incomplete <laughs> opposite of each other. Like about like food, <laughs> like you'll talk about, you know, I only want to have pills. And then it, like later he'll have, <laughs> um, you know, like a, this extremely like specific palette for so i don't know they end up like contradicting each other like these specific yeah. details. oh anyway i've gone on that i, I guess it enough. makes sense like the 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 original people who thought of the characters they 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 kind of live through the characters so they, they probably have like bits and pieces of their own personalities or people like you know characters in their own lives that those characters were inspired by and so when you don't have like kind of I guess the law, you know, like the law in your head yeah, of like yeah. the rules about this character, the ticks about this character and everything. When you come in, you're probably coming in as someone who's seen it or like read the script, but not the other like conversations that you have, you know, like you're in a dialogue, like you're missing all that context. So I guess all you can really do is just kind of play to what's already been shown, like work to, you know, uh, ticks or... Like create like a caricature of the original characters. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. I agree with all that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so. fair enough. We want to talk about the news because we had a pretty big showing this past week. Uh, on last week's show, we were talking about how what happened to Sony. It's kind of gone like, wh- where where is all the good news coming out of Camp Sony uh, with everything that happened regarding, you know, paying for upgrades from PS4 to PS5 games going forward. There'll be no more free ones. And then Sony decides to cap off the week by dropping like a bombshell of a showcase that uh, was ch- chock full of games. Uh, and I think... I'd probably say safe to say now is capped off kind of the mid-year, you know, the 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 peak gaming season. I'd say in terms of announcements, like they they pushed it as late as they could, but I think they've they've done well. Yeah, they kind of they seem to know what they're doing <laughs> in terms of timing these things, mm. these if, this information. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a it was a good showcase, and that it was like, um, I don't know, thoroughly informative and also exciting i feel like that's kind of a hard balance to strike with these showcases knowing that it necessarily matters Mm. all the time but it's like you want people who are watching it to kind of come away satisfied 
and I feel like that kind of happens more rarely nowadays. Like I guess partly because yeah. they're trying to like tune everything so perfectly across several like announcements. Like and um anyway, yeah, this was a yeah, it's very solid in my opinion. Yeah, and and very, I think a very PS five focused show. I think you'd agree. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like for better or for worse, I mean. It's great to announce all these games, and hopefully by the time most of these games come out, people can actually buy a PS5. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to yeah, be a challenge. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, John, do you want to kick it off with some uh, some Star Wars? Yeah, sure. So um, to the showcase was kicked off by the announcement of a remake of the original Knights of the Old Republic RPG, um, which was originally developed by... Um, Bioware. <laughs> I was thinking Obsidian. <laughs> I was thinking that's all right. Uh, they, uh, Obsidian did the second one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. I do not know those games. Um, anyway, so this um, this remake was actually originally leaked back in April, um, including the Odd Choice developer, who's um, Aspia Media. They're, uh, they're mm. primarily known as like a porting house, and they actually worked on a lot of Star Wars games, like including Kodor games. Yeah. Um, and they were also originally they were purchased in February by Embracer Group, and now they're part of Saber now. So they kind of have a weird history to be making a game with EA. <laughs> yeah, I think so, it's EA, right? I'm pretty certain. Uh, well, I think I think EA is one of the license holders. I think it's kind of, I think Disney's kind of wisened up and said, "How about we don't put all our eggs in one basket?" Because oh, okay. I think EA's EA's um, license holder, and I think published the original Knights of the Old Republic games. Um, and like I think Ubisoft's working on uh, an action game in in the Star Wars universe and stuff, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, you're right. Like uh, it's a remake of a Bioware game uh, by a like usually a Mac porting studio that is now part of a shooter studio within in, like a Swedish <laughs> conglomerate, like whatever, like a Norse. Com- conglomerate it's a it's a very weird trail of events <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but hey you know what pleasantly surprised i like that the word remake is actually in the title like there's no <laughs> yeah that's happened to, <laughs> like, like i no think that's about it yeah that, i think that's happened a few times now right but it's like sometimes it's not in the actual title and sometimes it is like mm. it was final fantasy 7 technically a remake in the title i think it did i think i think it was yeah yeah um yeah, so I'm sure we'll see more of that sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. uh, otherwise, I don't. We don't have any new more information on Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Republic. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think so, and I don't know if, like, along with this, if Aspire Media is kind of uh, doing like, like a 2021 update to like re-releasing like the first two games as kind of like an HD collection or something. Because yeah, cause you know, that, that might be enough to tide people over. Yeah, because like, now I think about it, I think it's probably going to be more of a Shadow of the Colossus style remake, where it's sort of... Because I think, I think the original news was that they were originally remaking or remastering the original game for modern hardware. Because um, mm. they'd done that before, and now they're kind of doing it again for consoles. But yeah. I'm guessing they're kind of giving it... Although it could go more extensive, because there, um, there was also information about how they were going to... Or that they could potentially bring certain parts of the game up to like in line with current star wars law yeah so yeah i don't know. I, I literally have no idea how this game will go because they don't seem to be like the kind of yeah. developer i mean i guess with like, as, 
I guess when they're part of Saber, they have like a lot more manpower potentially, but they don't mm. seem like they would have the capability to do this necessarily. Because it kind of reminds me of like when mm. um was it Blue Point who made Demon Souls, and like there was discussions mm-hmm. before it came out. Yeah. It's like oh they're gonna like um, remaster like and finish off the cut content in the game that was like very much not completed it was just like basic geometry and not much else yeah and yeah. like i think I, I was like very doubtful of that because they just weren't a developer where they had the people there to make new content like their entire mm. you know, it's like that's kind of what aspire my aspire i'm not sure um this developer reminds me of where it's like like i'm surprised they're like up to um yeah, they're, they're capable of doing this. Like, I'm sure they are. It's just, yeah, it's hard to mm. envision. Yeah, like, thinking about, uh, like, the way Star Wars... Like, if if you think about uh, the way where Star Wars is now versus when the original games came out, like, the, the original KOTOR games came before the prequel trilogy was finished, right? So, it's it's like... So much has changed within the Star Wars like universe and how Disney has kind of removed so many things from canon. And I think the original KOTOR games or and, and, and the Old Republic MMO are technically not in canon anymore. However, there are references to th- like characters or to things that happened in those. So it's, it'll be interesting to see if Aspire Media, like the whole point, the reason why it's remake, not remaster, is because Aspire's going to update the games like update the original game to fit into the new canon yeah because i'm like i haven't played it <laughs> uh, i said that Me a lot neither. on this show um but i, I haven't like because yeah i'm fully aware of it but yeah i don't have like a good knowledge of it at all so i'm curious about how like mm. how extensive do they like how far do they need to go to accomplish that task like aspia yeah like that like do yeah. they have to go like they have to like change a lot of the game like i imagine if i don't know they probably wouldn't bother remaking if they had to make too many changes just because yes, yeah. well, i mean i don't know if you got i mean better way to say it is that if you're going to make changes at all like it can't be too much without like breaking the entire project or game or anything yeah um yeah. so i don't know i'm sure they know what they're that's, doing that's, yeah and that's the issue that final fantasy 7 remake had is that the final fantasy remake is actually a like a separate universe. It's sort of like a multiverse thing where it's like it is the characters from Final Fantasy VII. However, things are different in this split in the timeline. Like it's actually a completely different story in terms of what's what happens in it to the different characters, who lives, who dies, who, the allegiances and the motivations and things. So maybe because like maybe. Aspire found some of the original ideas that Bioware wanted to work on in f- back then and just maybe technologically wasn't possible or there maybe for budget constraints or time constraints and really wants to capitalize on it now uh, who knows like there's there's definitely potential here and I hope that people accept it as a remake rather than a straight remaster yeah I'll I'll finish off just because I remembered. Um, I'm pretty sure these games are set like thousands of years in the past of yep. the Star Wars universe, so I guess it wouldn't yeah. probably wouldn't be that hard <laughs> to bring it up to speed. Now I think about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Curious. Um, hmm. 
Yeah, so yeah, what was next? Yeah, so next up is the um, first look. I'm not sure if it was the announcement, but it was our first um, look at Project Eve, a yeah. kind of very large-scale, very AAA-looking action RPG, I suppose, or action game. Oh, it's definitely an action game. <laughs> it's hard to say yeah. exactly what goes on beyond that. Um, by Korean studio Shift Up. Um, kind of, it reminded me a bit of like Resident Evil in, that, in terms of like the monster design. It's very like mm. sci-fi heavy though. And the gameplay like immediately reminded me of Bayonetta. Like I couldn't yes. like, it's like, I couldn't like, I don't know, that had to be what they were going for. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. Otherwise it was like really creepy because I hated the jiggle effects. I hate jiggle effects in all these stupid games. Look, you don't see them too was... often outside of Dead or Alive and it's like, it's still kind of shocking seeing them. It's like, whoa. Still yeah, like it, it definitely does seem like a. Uh, I don't know who it was. Was it Nina? It was, it was Sarah. I think Sarah from like, um, Ninja, in Ninja Gaiden from like. Oh yeah, that one too. Virtual Fighter, whatever series. It was like, oh, this is so weird. This is like too much. Like, I'm I'm okay. Yes, there are probably women out there who have like. This is definitely like a male fantasy, like kind of like you know mid two thousands character design just on a ps5 yeah um, but exactly. yeah like i'm sure people like that exist but yeah it was a li- <laughs> yeah but this lady's made like, out of jelly yeah. <laughs> oh man it, it it's like one of those games that you'd be embarrassed to play in front of like your parents <laughs> yeah yeah that kind of sums it up to be honest um otherwise there's not too much to say about it yeah. it's like as a as a video game it looks solid enough like it doesn't look bad yeah. at all it looks like it like um Visually, outside of the character design, it looks pretty impressive. Um, curious to see how yeah, it turns yeah. out. I mm. I wish then, that lady was different. <laughs> yeah, and and it also had kind of it gave me vibes about Nia Automata because of the kind of it's like derelict. It's kind of like you can tell that something went wrong because there's a lot of like different locations that you can definitely recognize as you know, places you'd find in a city, but obviously there's no people around or anything. So it's cool yeah. seeing, um, like, you know, carnivals and, like, factories and all that stuff, like, uh, with, a, with a decent color palette. But I, I definitely think that it was... Um, I think the next game is what really kind of ate its lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, definitely and a that's, bit. Um, Yeah, and that's Forspoken. Terrible name. I'm still going to say it's a terrible name. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. It's worse. Uh, yeah, just... Oh, what, what does that mean? Uh, like, like they're spoken for? Oh, no, let's just flip it around. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, so uh, the, the next game that was shown off was uh, a game, and a third-person action game called Forspoken. Uh, it's coming from a developer called Luminous Productions, and it's published by Square Enix. It... To me, it definitely looked like the the movement system of a game like Infamous, uh, Infamous Second Son in particular, like the PS4 game, and it also had kind of the faux medieval. It's like medi medieval design through the lens of like anime, which is kind of very like Final Fantasy like. It it had kind of that mix between the two, but. From what I could, from what we saw in that initial trailer, it's basically like this this woman in like New York or something. There's this magical. She finds herself uh, through. She's gone through a portal into another another world, 
Uh, there's a magical bracelet that talks to her and, and gives all these powers and she's there to stop some evil witch, I think. I saw that. And there's like mysterious knight and like, you know, king, kingly and queenly figures. And it's very weird. It's very strange, but it looked really nice. Like it looked very smooth. From If yeah. that was real gameplay, it looked really smooth. I think uh, I, m- I remember that being one of the... Um one of the key points when they announced it or showed it, showed it off for the first time um, a while ago. I feel like it's been a long yeah. time since we saw it. Yeah. Um, was how they were using the PS5. Like, it needed to be next-gen because of how much data it's... Like, how quickly it's rendering the world as you're moving yeah. around. And that's kind of what the trailer showed off was, like, you just, like, flying across these, like, span, like vistas of geography and it, like, loading yeah, up instantly. Yeah, crazy. Um, and you can see, like, uh, into the distance and stuff. There's, like, a crazy amount of detail. A lot of particle effects everywhere. Lots of enemies around. And it, and it, it, it captures, it definitely captures the, uh, the action of, like, like, the tight action of something that you'd see from, like, a Platinum Games game. Yeah. But yeah. just running so much smoother because it's on, like, newer hardware. Hmm. Yeah, so it's like it's like Final Fantasy, but Isekai, which is very much in the <laughs> like the anime thing of like fish out of water MMO, sort of you know stuck in an <laughs> MMO thing. It's very much that. Oh, I guess it's not yeah. so as knowing as those are now. To say that loud, <laughs> but it's kind yeah, of the same yeah. thing. It's like you don't see too like too many like games with that sort of premise now. I think I feel like it's probably more mm. common back before. Yeah, and the, and the and the thing is like there's there's quite. There's quite a bit of talent behind this. Like, uh, as far as we know, Amy Hennig, who wrote the first three Uncharted games and was uh, also working on that cancelled Uncharted action game at EA. Uh, not Uncharted, sorry. Uh, Star Wars action game. Oh, yes. Uh, like uh, 1313, she... right? No, it was apparently like a... like uh, So there was Star Wars 1313, oh, yeah, which is the one that looked like an Uncharted. That got canned. And then there was another one that was in, in the works by I think EA Motive so the people who were who who came from the developer who made Dead Space right oh, Jesus <laughs> and then that got canned and she left and like she's now part of this uh, like she's writing I think she's kind of like the head writer of this game alongside Gary Widow who people might know of uh, from uh, uh, what was it Animal Talking which is that talk oh, show yeah. set with an Animal right. Crossing um, he's also uh, one of the writers of Star Wars Rogue's not Rogue Squadron. It's uh, Rogue One, Star Wars Rogue One. <laughs> I was thinking of the old um, N64 Star Wars games. Yeah. Um, so oh, he he wrote Star Wars Rogue One. He wrote the Book of Eli. Um, yeah, and a few other things as well. So it's it's interesting that they've got someone like him uh, writing alongside Amy, and then we've got uh, God of War composer Bear McCreary. And uh, Bioshock composer Gary Scheiman kind of looking after the music in this. So, like, Square Enix is putting a lot of money behind this. And me, personally, I really am looking forward to it because I, I, I love the idea of super smooth, high frame rate action gameplay. It, it always feels good. Yeah, it definitely seems like one of the few games we've seen so far that, are, that have been announced that really is taking advantage of hardware as a unique mm. opportunity like no and uh, like yeah. i don't necessarily think that'll be i hope it's good uh, so it's just kind of cool to see another game where it's like doing something that's really not possible otherwise 
um, well, I, unless you yeah. really render things less slowly, but um, or like make things very <laughs> low quality, I suppose. But um, yeah. yeah, exciting to see how that one turns out. Um, mm. Next up is Alan Wake Remastered, um, which I'm really excited for, actually. I'll get into that in a sec, though. Um, Alan Wake Remastered was originally announced by creative director Sam Lake, who's um, the director at Remedy. Um, it was actually not, yeah, so it was announced a few days before this trailer on the long-running fan site for Alan Wake called The Sudden Stop. Um, but this is the first time we've seen oh, it. Oh, okay. Um, it's, yeah, so um, there's not too many, um, too much information from this other than this quote that um, Lake left on the website and what we've seen in the trailer. So, quote, it's the original experience you fell in love with all those years ago. Um, the visuals all around, including the character model of Alan Wake himself and the cinematics have been updated and improved with and, and improved with some choice next generation upgrades, end quote. So um, Alan Wake looks a lot more like his, um, I'm pretty sure the model that he's based on, not not his voice oh, actor. Okay. Um, so he, look, he does look quite a bit different, but if you like see a photo, like he, um, yeah, right. Cause like his, there's live action bits in Alan Wake and in, um, in those games, oh, really? like with his doppelganger. Like the TV? Oh, yeah. okay. And he's played in live action by that person. I, I might be slightly wrong on this, but um, this is my understanding. Um, yeah, so he's played by the same model, but in live action. And so now he looks like that model properly in the game, which was not true before. Before he looked kind of like a GTA 4 model, where he's kind of like smudgy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so um, curious to see. <laughs> yep. Um, a lot yeah. of lotion on his face. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Vaseline. Yeah, because um, like the the original Alan Wake was a P, uh, Xbox 360, PS3 era game, so I guess it is old enough to warrant a remaster. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but I think there was like I don't know if it was like Ever Ready or Energizer batteries you had to collect to keep your torch. Like oh, basically, yeah. it's sort of like a Silent Hill game. Alan Wake's this like writer, he's like facing writer's block. They go to this like country town. His wife goes missing. He's, and then the people in the town are, are like turning into zombies or something. And if you shine your flashlight on them, they like get startled or something, and you can attack them. And the, there was like a mechanic of you got to collect batteries, and the batteries were actually uh, licensed, uh, I think, Energizer ones. And, yeah, and there was like yeah, that's right. billboard branded billboards and stuff. So I think that's getting taken out of the game. I'm sure there was like a licensing deal that didn't work out or something. Yeah, <laughs> but that, um, that, that'll be fun. Oh. Well, I was, was going to say, um, oh yeah, so it's very Twin Peaks inspired as well, if you don't know it. Yeah. Um, very, very yeah. Twin Peaks. I don't, I'm not sure if it's necessarily successful at it. It's not really being yeah. Twin Peaks, but it's very inspired by it on like a, I don't know. I remember I people like, liking it. Yeah, I really liked it. Because, um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <clears throat> um, Sorry. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so play I played... It? Sorry? Did you play the original? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was just coughing. Um, I played it original. I played it on PC around like probably I don't know eight years ago. Or so when I had a capable okay, PC, cool. um, and I really yeah. I really liked it. But I've been meaning to I've been wanting to go through it again for like a l ages because I didn't go through it. Like I didn't really pay enough attention because it's like kind of it's pretty story heavy and there's a lot of text. There's like a lot of these like. Um, was it text pages they could find throughout the game i remember not yeah. reading them because i was like oh i just want to you know it's like i want to push through with the game because I, I enjoy, I don't I like enjoy the gameplay um, yeah and it's like but it's like it's remedy is a studio that really care about 
like put you know they're not lazy about it when with those mm. kind of like story elements like they really put effort yeah. into it and there's like you know there's a larger overarching story across like the um kind of like the mini sequels that came out afterwards like the digital only ones which i'm kind of curious to see what they do with them because <laughs> um, oh, i completely forgot about them yeah yeah because yeah. i was like i think the first one was like an arcade only one like Ox- xbox arcade on 360 like oh, I, th- okay. I think they both came out on pc but um yeah because yeah, i think Are i played they those included as well. in the remaster? <laughs> sorry were they included in the remaster i don't think so i'm pretty sure it's just a dlc so i'm kind of curious yeah. to see what they do with those if they do anything but maybe they'll be like yeah. the dead rising digital only ones where it's just like they just kind of forget them um yeah but yeah. they're kind of important so maybe yeah. if they want to make a sequel they'll do something with them because that'll be cool I, I i think i remember people being like oh remedy doing it again like like the puns you know you had max pain maximum pain and then you had alan wake sounds like awake i remember yeah. like people pointing that out and i'm like oh yeah, okay but it's cool because apparently like alan wake shows up in control like he's in like the tv shows in there so he's yeah he's i think there's like this overarching multiverse within like the remedy universe yeah i think that's been true for like almost their entire span of games because i played through yeah. like the first two max pains somewhat recently um and i think there's some they're, hints towards alan wake good. in him um yeah I, th- I think so. <laughs> I should say that with all certainty, but I'm not. Yeah, because there sure. was like a TV show in there where it was kind of like the Twilight Zone. Yeah, I don't know if it right. was in number one and number two. So I guess it makes sense. Like maybe that's where the idea kind of started. Yeah, you know, probably. Morphed yeah. into the into Alan Wake because I think Alan Wake was the first Remedy game after uh, the Max Payne, the first two. Yeah, Max Payne's. I don't think yeah. they had anything in between because it was stuck in development hell for a while. I think as I'm because mm. I think it was Max Payne two and like. I don't know, turn four or five, maybe. I think that's right. And then it did, this one didn't come out until like two thousand eight. Twenty ten, I think. Two ten, maybe. Yeah. Oh, twenty eleven. Actually, it might be. Yeah, I think it's actually um twenty eleven because this was a pretty like late in the generation. I'm pretty sure. Right. Um. Yeah. So it didn't sell well, <laughs> which is why I'm actually surprised they made it digital ones. Sorry. Uh, it was yeah. It came out in twenty. 10 on 360 and then 2012 on uh windows oh so it never came to the original ps3 oh okay. uh, yeah because that was one of the things that's pointed out in the trailer it's like the first time it's been on playstation this series so uh, uh yeah yeah because it was published by microsoft gotcha makes mm. sense because i think quantum break was also published by microsoft and then remedy kind of broke away from that after yeah it's yeah, they've had a tough time <laughs> since Max Payne. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, not much, not much else on that one as well. A lot of like, a lot of these announcements are pretty sparse on details so far. Um, next up mm. is um, Rockstar Games delays G- GTA Five and GTA Online's like current gen ports for um, PS Five and Xbox Series consoles, um, delayed from November of this year to March of next year, so four months. Um, yeah i think like it's the first time we've seen like heard about from these games in months like in a long time yeah. and it's like no details at all it's like oh, okay they're really half-assing this <laughs> like they're not because yeah. i thought I, I was i'm not sure where i read it like i tried to look it up and i couldn't really find anything so maybe i imagined it somehow <laughs> but I, I was certain it was it was originally announced as like expanded and um 
It was some meant other to word. be, yeah. <laughs> like not just a visual upgrade, but there were there were some other like quality of life improvements and stuff. But yeah, which definitely implied like more, yeah. um, you know, like I I was definitely thinking it's like oh, okay, they're probably gonna beef up the online mode in some way, which is fine. But it's like, um, uh, yeah, definitely without any information in this trailer, I definitely gonna sense like oh, okay, they're not they're not doing anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, like the thing is, like the original game looked good already, so these like follow-up trailers aren't as impressive because the original game even back then on the ps3 and xbox 360 like looked good and then you know when they came to ps4 and xbox one they looked better um and and you know obviously being on pc there's all sorts of mods and stuff you can do to it and now it's just like okay i think people are starting to get like people are starting to get angry and they're asking like what's happening with gta 6 yeah it's like the i think at least one of the trailers um one of the YouTube uploads for this civic trailer with the delay is like 80% disliked or something. <laughs> yeah. um, so people are very I much not on board with this, <laughs> both the delay and the fact that there's, they don't seem to be making any changes or upgrades to it. Mm. And, and that's the thing, like, do people actually care about GTA 6 as a story or do they just want a new GTA Online in a new engine? That's That's what I'm curious about. I'm not sure anyone cares about the story that much. I think it's more about just having a <laughs> new GTA. Um, yeah. It's like, cause like yeah. I, I assume the next one's going to be set in Vice City again. Cause that seems like, I hope so. It'd be cool. Yeah. It's like, I, I was like, I don't know. Every time I try to think about like other potential cities, no, like, I mean, it doesn't help that I don't live in America. So I probably would, I, you know, my yeah potential, uh, my knowledge of potential cities that, um, that Rockstar can target next is pretty um, lacking. But I can't think of much that yeah. really competes with New York, Los Angeles, or Miami. So, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing it'll be Vice City again. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe you, you could probably see something in Chicago where there's maybe like a lot of weather stuff around snow and wind and things like that. Like, Oh, yeah. I guess you could see that, and also Chicago having like a crime history, so maybe yeah, this could sure. be a GTA set in the you know the thirties or something. I, I guess probably not because people don't want to play with old vehicles and old guns. <laughs> but yeah, it could be cool. <laughs> I remember when um, before GTA Five announced was announced, um, there was like rumors of it being set in Vice City, and one of yeah. the, like the I think they're overall like. The one I was excited about theoretically was the idea that it's set in Vice City, but it's set in modern day. So there'd be like significant mm, differences yep. in how it approaches the city because it's like 40 yep. years, like, yeah, 40 years later or 30 years later. Um, so I don't know. I'm still excited about it. Um, yeah. 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 So I, I think that kind of wraps it up there. There's not too much. Yeah. To there's talk not about much else. Yeah. Well, we'll know for sure. But, uh, you know, we did get a, a, a good look at another game, though. Yeah, and, um, which is brand new. <laughs> yeah, so similar situation to um, Arcane, the last game we'll see from um, what's it called? Evil Within um, developer Tango uh, GameWorks. Right, I gotta start writing <laughs> these things down on the. No, I thought I did a good job this this week on our show notes. It's just nope. No, you did. You did. It's just it's just <laughs> one of those names that you don't think about. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, there's like. We talked about it before, but it's like it's so easy to like instantly forget things as we're talking on this, <laughs> as yeah. we're being recorded. <laughs> anyway, so a new trailer for Ghostwire Tokyo, which I think we've seen a few trailers from now. This one doesn't like spell out too much differently. It kind of like sets up the story. Like, you kind of see the protagonist. Um, it's kind of um, 
think it's about Tokyo being. I I won't explain it well enough. You like you can see the website if you want more details exactly. Um, yeah. But it's um, yeah, it's like Tokyo has been cleared out. It's been infested with like spirits or ghosts. I I was like kind of looking it up, and I don't think it's like I was kind of expected to be more um, Japanese inspired, and it is a bit, but it wasn't as much as I thought it might be. Because they're called like visitors rather than like yokai or anything like that. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, just mainly just a new look at this game. Um, yeah. So last mm. game we'll see on PlayStation from them, which is kind of disappointing. But um, I'm actually pretty excited yeah. for this because it's like I was thinking about how like oh like I could actually go for like a first person like melee sort of action game. Like you don't see too many like that that don't involve guns. And <laughs> and uh, like, yeah, I was going like to say that. Deathloop, but yeah. Like I'm, I'm excited. For, like I hope it's good because like Evil Within Two struck a good balance of like pretty mild horror and like just kind of good action gameplay and good design. Um, Evil Within yeah. One was like overly tough in my mind, uh, to my in yeah. my opinion. Like I found it really hard and just kind of like not very fun to push through. Um, so I don't gotcha. know. I, I hope they continue with Evil Within. Like continue what they've were successful with yeah. they've went like, within two this I forgot one. that I forgot that this game was actually first person. Yeah. I don't know why I don't know, was it was Evil Within third person or was that also first person? Uh, <laughs> uh Evil Within I, I think one and two actually had like first person modes. <laughs> I think the yeah, first but one they were primarily Yeah, that was third like person. Were, yeah. You could see they were made to be like played third person. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because yeah. the first game was Whereas, like kind yeah. of um inspired by like Last of Us Plash plus um, Resident Evil 4 a little bit. I think that's kind of the combo. Yeah, I think the director, I think it was... It was a Shinji Mikami? Yeah, that his studio. Right. Yeah. So, you know, definitely, like, you know, uh, didn't create Resident Evil, but definitely was, like, a, a play... Like, I think it was, like, the creative lead on, like, Resident Evil 4. So you can kind of see where that inspiration came from. Yeah, yeah, because he um, he directed yeah. the first Evil Within, and then he kind of passed on directing duties to someone else for the second one, and this is yeah. it's still true of this one as well. Like I think he seems to have moved on from directorial yeah. duties. Yeah, because like I remember, I think the 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 director of this was that I forget her name. I feel so bad, but she was like she was on um the E three stage a few years ago, and she was like, "This game is spooky." That was yeah. like the meme that everyone got from it. Yeah, so but, I think she left yeah. a little, like a year or <laughs> yeah, two ago. Yeah, she left like a, a year ago or something. Yeah, yeah. I think she's got a new studio up and running now or yeah. something like that. I remember there was, uh, there was news about that recently. I need to look it up yeah. for next time. But, but it's, it's cool. Like it, it seems like, you know, Tokyo's abandoned. There's these like spirits called uh, visitors. You're kind of like one of the few that can kind of talk to them and, and see them. And I think they've like kidnapped your sister or something. Uh, it's it's something very, very generic. But yeah, it's, it's not you know, like yeah, it's not it's like cool. outstanding. <laughs> it's just like it's a yeah. it's just trying to trying to rope you into the game a little more with yeah. like a new trailer. But it's like it's not like death. Yeah, it's not like death loop Sorry. where it's like every trailer's been kind of like the same because they've had a lot of trailers. Um, yeah, yeah. Not in a bad way. Yeah. it's like they're all cool, but <laughs> they're yeah. kind of like kind of stating the same you know thesis yeah. statement. And I, I just I get that. It, it was so weird because like the the character design is very clearly Japanese faces, but speaking with American accents just always trips me up. Yeah, I really wish they didn't do that so much. <laughs> I'd very much prefer they didn't do that. Um, yeah. Oh well. <laughs> you know what? Uh, hopefully we'll 
I think it's not out till next year, so we've still got a while to wait. Yeah, yeah, definitely just a glimpse of it yet again. Next up is Blood Hunt, Battle Royale set within Vampire the Masquerade's universe. Um, I forgot who developed it. i got to put these names down. Do you remember? I don't think... I, uh, it's not done... Nope. By, yeah, it's not done by uh, Paradox themselves. This is like... No. It's similar to like um, the Warhammer situation, where it's just like lots of games made by different developers. Um, yeah, so yeah. this one's a Battle Royale. Um, being an outsider. Shark Mob is okay. the developer. All right. Shark Mob. Um yeah, so it actually already released on Steam Early Access in free mm. as free to play last week, but it's being announced for yep. PS5, at least Next PS5. Year. Yeah. Oh, sorry, it, it is uh, like later this year. Like it's. Yeah, it's not uh, out yet. Yeah, um, on Steam already like, though. Oh, I mean, um, there's been already a lot of drama with Vampire: The Masquerade, Bloodlines too. Like yeah, that one's like leaving and stuff. That one's like it's, burning to the ground. <laughs> that one's doing really yeah. bad. Like, this is a... I don't know if, if... Like, I don't know if this is a a present to Vampire the Masquerade fans or if it's kind of like a slap in the face because they were really looking forward to hearing more about Bloodlines too. Yeah, it's like uh, when I was announced, uh, I remember seeing comments like just kind of angry. Not at, like not necessarily... Or well, maybe they were angry at Bloodlines too being like, you know, because it was around the time that people were leaving the project. So they probably weren't happy already. Um but mm, it's mm. like it's so like in stark contrast to the actual premise of these this universe, which is vampires trying to hide. <laughs> so it's just like all these vampires like jumping around the city, shooting at each other. Yeah, they've got like unique abilities and stuff. So that's how uh, Shark Mob fulfills kind of the the Apex Legend style of heroes, like oh, hero right. selection. Yeah. Um. The one thing that stood out to me in the trailer was how like the Red Ring seems to be like um, SWAT, like you know, heavy set. SWAT guys like circling in on the mm. location, which I actually think is a kind of cool touch. That's pretty like, cool. I'm kind of interested yeah. to see how that actually plays out because I, uh, I mean, there's gameplay available now, I suppose, so I can go check it out. Mm. But um, yeah, and it's free to play as well, so it'll be interesting to see. Maybe this is what's funding Bloodlines 2's development. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, it, like this is weird because it's it's like this is a spin-off to the Bloodlines games, which were a spin-off to Vampire the Masquerade, which is a tabletop RPG, which is based on a tabletop RPG that is a spin-off of, like, the World of Darkness. Like, it, it, it like there's, oh, like, yeah, several right. layers to this. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I guess it's probably better than just calling it... Like, I, I honestly thought it was called, like, Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines, Blood Hunt. Like... <laughs> I didn't realize it was just called Blood Hunt until I was writing the digest, and I was like, "Wait a minute, everything I, just refers I'm to certain, it as Blood Hunt." Yeah, I'm certain it was originally called Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt. I don't think it had Bloodlines in yeah. it. I'm certain it had the full title okay. already. That's they, what I was because yeah. I was like, I was thinking about that when the trailer came out. I was like, "Oh, okay, they like renamed it fully to just Blood Hunt." Um, yeah, I'm pretty certain. But like, it's it's cool premise, you know, uh, Battle Royale where you play as vampires. Yeah, it's a it's a cool cool idea. Yeah, it's uh, like it's very like um, there's yeah. like a couple of like melee centric sort of battle royales coming out mm. lately. Um, there was another one that was like a PS Plus game lately recently. Yeah. Um, so that you know, it's just kind of like another niche 
in the battle royale genre that people are kind of capitalizing on or like happening to release around the same time now i think um yeah so yeah so another one where you're very nimble and there's a lot of melee options a lot of powers and you know it's like uh yeah anyway that kind of sums it up i think <laughs> hey it's an early access it's free to play try it let us know what you think that's kind of the, the best thing to do i guess mm. if it's got wall running i might have to have take a look at it it definitely does <laughs> so you might <laughs> yeah scratch that titanfall leech in, in in the weirdest way possible uh yeah then next up uh, uh sorry for folks at home we're actually we, we're kind of following the order of the announcements as they happened at the at the playstation showcase event if if you if you're wondering why we haven't talked about some some of the, some of the games you might have been looking forward to so far, uh, next uh, we had Kid A Amnesia Exhibition. It's a very like out of left field announcement. Essentially, Radiohead and Epic Games have partnered to create like a virtual exhibition within Unreal Engine uh, that celebrates the twentieth and nineteenth anniversaries of uh, uh, Radiohead's kind of like. Not not most popular, but like two popular albums from Radiohead, so Kid A and Amnesia. So it wasn't really expecting. Like I don't think anyone was expecting this. So I think it's pleasant to see something like this. It's uh, very like blink and you miss it yeah. kind of announcement too. Because I think it was like yeah, it wasn't very it was like long. forty seconds. <laughs> yeah, it was very short. <laughs> yeah, and like there's no gameplay or anything like that. Like who knows what it's actually going to be? Who knows? Maybe it's just going to be something in Fortnite and <laughs> yeah, gonna have a yeah maybe. Maybe they're trying to target the forty plus crowd with <laughs> with this. <laughs> so what is that old? Like I, I actually not sure I've heard already. <laughs> to be honest, I was thinking about that. It's like I'm sure I probably have before, but it's definitely yeah. a band I've heard more about than actually heard. Yeah, like Radiohead's definitely like your dad's era. Like it's not going to be something that we would. I mean, I mean to be fair, like I think the last major release was like two thousand seven or something like that. So. Like Radiohead was definitely big in the '90s and early 2000s. It's, you know, I guess you know people still listen to the Beatles and and stuff like that. So it's it's still great to kind of go back and experience things from before your own time, and you can learn a lot from things like that. So hey, if if this is, you know, one way to celebrate it, like why not? We've got an interactive medium. Why not use that to celebrate, you know, art if you can? Yeah. Well, it's like virtual exhibit. Is like, you yeah, take a lot of things which, away from those terms. Yeah. So, um, it, it, curious to see cool. what it actually cool. ends up being. So, yeah. Yeah. I need I, to go I listen to Radiohead, like, I think. <laughs> oh, like, I'm yeah, I, I could definitely, um, yeah, I, I would, man. Like, I think The Benz and OK Computer are like the two main albums everyone kind of talks about. Yeah, right. Uh, if you want to listen to Radiohead. Mm. Uh, I haven't listened to them in a long time, so... I yeah I I'm guilty of not uh, remembering a lot of their songs off the top of my head, but I know I know Jake is a is a big fan as well. So yeah, definitely definitely go and listen to Radiohead and and <laughs> cry a bit. <laughs> I guess I guess that's our like takeaway from this news. Go listen to Radiohead. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of crying a bit, uh, I think Polyphony Digital is tired of crying and watching <laughs> other series. Like Forza, Project Cars, Assetto Corsa, and even the Dirt series kind of eat their lunch when it comes to realistic driving on modern consoles. Because frankly speaking, I think 
Grand Theft, not Grand Theft, sorry, uh, Gran Turismo 4 was the last Gran Turismo that really mattered. Gran Turismo Sport is, it's kind of like a standalone expansion. Like, it seems to, it was a f- more more of a focus on driving online, which is great. But now we're finally getting Gran Turismo 7, a fully-fledged numbered, numbered sequel. And <clears throat> as is commonplace, the Gran Turismo games like the Forza games, are kind of a graphical showcase for their respective systems, right? And Gran Turismo 7 looks like a cracker. Like, the the day-night cycles, the weather effects and everything, even, like, the cars, like, they look amazing. The, yeah, like, it's, like, I think this was probably the, the, the opening cinematic that you'd expect to see, but it also seems like there's a bigger focus on single player, like actually building a team and managing the team. Like it, it, it was um, like there was like glimpses of looking at a map and it sort of looked like a, like a, a like a board game where you had different locations with like, you know, garage tracks, racing, like all sorts of stuff there. Is that is, how it was in the previous games? I think they did have that and I know that like even the like I think even the old like G- uh, Gran Turismo's had something similar but more like a menu but okay. yeah this is kind of like a throwback to that but a bit more obviously modern I mean I'm, I'll be interested in seeing it the, the the problem with Gran Turismo is that they look nice but they don't drive very realistically and the racing AI has always been kind of dead so I think with sport that did get better. So it'll be interesting to see if if um, Gran Turismo Seven can really keep up with the likes of the next Forza Motorsport or even uh, Project Cars Two and Assetto Corsa, which are kind of the benchmarks right now. Mm. Um, I at least in to, like console. Yeah, like I, I think right now it's like with um, other games, kind of. Um making new driving sims that really go after the simulator element um, yeah. more than Gran Turismo <clears throat> yeah. Forza has. Like, it's more like now it's just a competition between Forza and Gran Turismo to an extent. Like, cause I don't yeah. think it's too yeah. many. I think it's like, um, as, I, as I understand it, Project Cars 3 was very Forza-like as well. So there's not, there, but there's not too many competitors in that sphere yeah. as I understand it. So I'm kind of like, Gran yeah. Turismo 7 will definitely be hitting, like establishing a baseline for Forza 7. Or is it Ford? No, not Ford. Like it'll be Ford. Like, I think it's just called Forza Motorsport. I think it's like a like a re reboot of the series. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be you know, Gran Turismo Seven will be the one to beat for them. Not necessarily if they have to beat it. Really, they're pretty. I don't know. They're, they're, I'm sure they're different enough now. But yeah, yeah, they'll draw a lot of comparisons. Definitely, because Forza, like like there's a spectrum, right? You've got arcade racing games like Need for Speed. And you know, outrun things like you would have played in the arcades, and then you've got realistic, like super realistic games like iRacing, Racing, Assetto Corsa, R Factor Two, you know, real race room experience, like games like that. You know, games that you don't really see in the mainstream. Then you had Project Cars Two, which was heading. It was kind of in between, uh, like it was nudging more towards simulation than arcade. Then Project Cars 3 went to kind of like smack bang in the middle where it's like a Gran Turismo, a Forza, which is, it's a, it's it's what people call Simcade, where it's half arcade, half sim. Like it tries to do enough things realistically that you can recognize it as being like requiring some skill, but not as hardcore as something like 
iRacing where there's rules about how you race and there's like tire degradation and you know like there's a build up of rubber over the track oh, yeah, crazy things like that yeah that's right because I took the tire degradation out of they took um, a lot out of it project I, think, I remember that being like the one of yeah. the key points though it's like oh they took out like one yeah. of, like two of the big things that's like yeah, just like, turns into four that's why project cars 2 for that series is the benchmark not 3 because I think maybe uh, slightly mad the developer of project cars kind of took a step back and said hey these these this game's good but they're not selling so let's go back to let's go for something that's a bit more approachable and easier and yeah, maybe that's right. what that's probably where three came from. Yeah, it's like I don't really blame them. Like I remember a lot of um, seeing a lot of upset comments though uh, when that was yeah. like when people started to realize the the extent of the changes and stuff like that. So yeah, um, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so, well, we'll I'm, find out. Yeah, I'm yeah. actually excited for Gran Turismo though because I've like barely. Mm. I played sport. Like I played through like the entire like training mode, and then I didn't play it again because it took so long. Um, and then, yeah, and then, um, I played like GTA, f- oh, not GTA, Grand Turismo no, 4. I do that too. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, Grand Turismo 4, like, I don't know, a little bit when I was a kid, but never didn't really yeah. go into I remember playing, <laughs> I remember racing on like the absolute longest track, whatever that one's called. The one that takes like, you know, Nurburgring probably. Yeah, that one. Probably like 13 miles or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, that takes forever. I remember playing, <laughs> I remember racing around that one because that was like interesting to me, but not really doing much else with it. So I'm kind of curious yeah. to have like a new one with like a, you know, a new car PG to dive into because yeah. I'm kind of, oh, I mean, if they keep that element of it, I, I, I think they will. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Like for me, Gran Turismo 3 was the one that I spent the most time with and uh, like that was sorry Gran Turismo 4 the one that like the last one on PS2 like that was the game that I played the most probably on my PS3 because it was like a backwards compatible game so I spent so many hours in that and like doing those driving tests and the thing about like back then there was no like do-overs there was no racing lines there was nothing like it was just like you got to break within this like marker and that marker and you got to get that otherwise you're restarting the challenge yeah. <laughs> you know there's no like rewinds or anything like that but I, I just remember, like, Gran Turismo just being dead. Like, they said it was a realistic driving simulator. Okay, but it's not the realistic racing simulator. And that's always been my pet peeve with Gran Turismo. Right. Yeah. But anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's, it's, it sounds like it's going to be mainly an online racing game, which makes sense because that's where the length of... That's where you're gonna, probably going to get, you know, more players playing long term and, you know, the chance to sell like liveries and branding and all that stuff because one of the big things in the trailer was it seems like even further than what you can do in Forza in terms of liveries and, and things like that so that'll be interesting yeah also it's only um, I think it was revealed right after that the game is basically online only because like most of the yeah. features will be locked to online including the single player campaign so um, yeah. yeah it definitely feels like they're kind of trying to um, you know keep the entire experience like online and like joint to the like i don't know not disconnecting those two things like not disconnecting the single player aspect and the online aspect yeah so the driver task system on forza where basically the ai drivers so to speak uh their behavior is based on real characters sorry on real players behavior in their own games and that's kind of drawn into the to the uh, single player through online on Forza. But uh, let's move away from the world of racing and talk about 
hearts racing and some awesome announcements from insomniac yeah so um two announcements from insomniac they have to be the most prolific <laughs> in like of their scale i can't remember yes. the last time there's like dev this quick um anyway probably so, platinum games <laughs> maybe but they haven't i don't know i guess that was true once upon a time it hasn't been true for a second yeah. i think anyway insomniac games has announced marvel's spider-man 2 and marvel's wolverine um, both um, both with CGI trailers, so no real information on both outside of like kind of some slim story details. So um, first up is Spider-Man 2, which is set for 2023. Um, it seems to... So from the CGI trailer, it kind of shows that both um, Peter Parker and Miles Morales is involved in the game. I think Peter Parker's like difference is going to be the spy, like the robot arms as like seemingly a kind of... Um, prominent feature i guess so kind of curious to see how that works and mm. um and the villain seems to be venom going off the end and um who is voiced yeah. by Candyman's tony todd which is perfect so i'm very <laughs> oh oh isn't Candyman like the re wasn't the re- remake just come out yeah but he's been yeah um he's been the voice actor for a while um as a because ah, i remember um learning about him when he was voicing um was it one of the bad flash like the one of the um big bads for the flash tv show when he was like um oh, gotcha. in the second season that's that's how i learned about him at all because i didn't really i don't think i knew about candy man at the time but um uh, fair anyway enough, fair enough. he's really good though. <laughs> i'm very happy about yeah. that and then that was yeah like we saw the in the trailer we saw both peter parker and miles morales yeah uh, kind so. of taking on some goons and then a shadowy figure in an alleyway <laughs> yeah like i'd and I'm kind of curious to see how they do it because I was like, I had my own hopes for how they do it, um, do Spider-Man Two, which is, I don't know, I had ambitious hopes. So <laughs> this definitely looks in line with like the first game. Just like you know, we have yeah. low information, just that more that it like yeah. seems to be a pretty direct continuation of the last two games. Yeah, with Venom, it does, and it with them both like working together. Yeah, um, yeah, and from the the dialogue that the like the venom in the trailer like from the dialogue that's spoken it sounds like either venom's working with uh craven the hunter which is kind of oh that's right uh, you know yeah. one of um spider-man's foes basically like this awesome i don't know if he's superhuman in this universe but like he i know he does get powers later on in like marvel but he's basically like he's always trying to find the next biggest challenge and he and that's why he's got that respect for a Spider-Man because like Spider-Man's one of the few people who've been able to defeat him in combat, so you kind of get that vibe from here. But then obviously Venom, uh, you hear Venom's voice, so we don't know if like Craven's acting as the host for the Venom or working alongside Venom. But I don't think that's how Venom works. I think Venom kind of takes over you. Yeah, because one of one of the last story teasers in the first game was um, that like Harry, like Peter's friend, like Harry Osborn had been. Mm. Like was Harry yeah, was born. being taken out or like was it um <laughs> the th- it's like the symbiote was bonding yeah that's him. right yeah because he had like he was sick oh, yeah. and um his father was using it to um try to save him I'm not sure like did you play it like because um mm. I haven't played Miles Morales yet because no of my I haven't played stupid digital PS5 that makes everything super expensive um so yeah I haven't played either the Marvel's Spider-Man game or Miles Morales. Those are definitely okay. on the list. Um, well, and it, like, I'm not sure if the Miles Morales game like progressed this aspect of the story yet. 
Um, I'll need to, <laughs> I'll need to go learn that um, soon. But um, yeah, mm. so I'm, I'm curious though. It's like, you're right. Like there was like definitely like a craven um, angle to what he was saying, but what they've set up yeah. with Venom definitely doesn't seem like he'd be hosting, um, hosting Venom at all. Yeah. So um, yeah, curious. Um, after that, there was, um, oh, I think it might've been before. I don't remember the order exactly. But um, in the same show... Um, I think Wolverine was before. Yeah, okay. yeah, I should have said that first. So there was also a CGI trailer for good. Wolverine, which had pretty much no information. It was just very much a tone setter. Um, I think Insomniac confirmed yeah. that it's going to be a mature game, which will, you know, assumably mean at least blood, <laughs> if not... Because um, I was like, I was thinking yeah. when it was announced, I was like, oh man, I really hope it's as cool as that, like... 360 ps3 gen one like the origins game that was way better than the movie because i remember yeah. playing that a lot and yeah. like i was thinking about like yeah because i was i was thinking about it because people were talking about like oh it's going to be like slicing beheading and stuff like that i don't think it matters much but i was yeah. uh, like it made me think about that game i was like oh yeah that's right that game did that where it's like you know you just like hit an enemy and they fall apart um which is you know yeah. that was fun <laughs> i remember yeah you're right i think that game was much better received than than the movie and like it's not a masterpiece or anything but it's probably like a solid three three and a half out of five versus like the movie which is probably like i think regarded as like a one and a half or a two out of five yeah it's, it's yeah <laughs> it's like a clear contrast in quality um but yeah so it reminded me yeah. no i don't think you would have you would have remembered this at all but it reminded me a lot of um this part in ultimate spider-man like the game that came out on ps2 and I think GameCube and stuff a while ago. Oh, wow. Because I've, I've replayed it in the last couple of years because I have, like, it's like the only... Everyone seems to have forgotten it, which is kind of strange, but it's like this cel-shaded game that's based on the comics of, like, specifically Ultimate Spider-Man comics. And it plays a lot like that era of Spider-Man games, like Spider-Man 2, or, like, just every other Spider-Man game, I suppose, after Spider-Man 2, where it's just open world, mm. swinging around, doing, like, menial crime-saving jobs. Um, it's actually, like, um, I can get into that for a bit, but the gimmick of that game was that um, you controlled Venom in like parts of the game, and you end up having like a boss yeah. fight with Wolverine in a bar that looks exactly like that one. Like it, <laughs> like it looked exact, like or at least Fair it enough. looked exactly like my memory of it. Um, so it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of funny to me. Um, otherwise, yeah, no information other than that it's probably releasing after Spider-Man Two. Um, yeah, I can imagine yeah, that. So, being this early, not even a release date, not even gameplay. Like, I I, I thought the Spider-Man Two trailer was like in engine, but maybe I'm wrong. But this definitely. Was. Oh yeah, yeah. You're probably right in that it was in engine. It's kind of rare to get like full CGI trailers nowadays when you don't need to. But it's um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, it's kind of softened the like oh what you call it like softened the hype landing. I don't know. So there's another way to put that. Yeah. Um, I, like with this news, there's kind of been resurfacing of um, reports from, well, uh, yeah. So there was a report last year by a previous, um, a former employee on Somniac, um, alleging that there were discriminating practices towards women, especially um, going on on Insomniac. And at the time it kind of got taken over by, news about insomniac oh no insomniac about ubisoft um like they pretty much happened at the same time so ubisoft ended up getting much much more attention yeah. and insomniacs had this kind of single voice behind it i think like, i think some people did back it up but it didn't have much um yeah it didn't get much traction 
Um, it kind of came back yeah. again a couple months ago when the same person kind of boosted, like kind of revisited their tweet that got the attention in the first place. Um, the director of God of War, like the most recent God of War, Corey um, Barlog. Yeah, Corey um, Barlog. He's signal boosted it himself. Um, so, yeah, and I don't think it's, I think it's still an issue as I understand it. So, um, yeah, so be aware of that going forward, listeners. There's, um, yeah, there seems yeah. to be problems with Insomniac that they don't seem to be all that willing to at least transparently engage with beyond just dismissing it entirely. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, like, think about it, like, Marvel, and you can only really think about what what is crunch like there because, like, think about was it 2018 was Spider-Man uh, then we had Miles Morales like last year Ratchet and Clank this year you got this game plus you've got Wolverine working on like probably simultaneously like you know yeah I think they've historically uh, had several teams but like yeah. it's um yeah I, I, like if anything they seem to be the last studio who have like yeah like successfully operating several like more than one team with triple A, um, yeah, the triple A, yeah. like, cause like so many of them have like unified their teams because of just how much uh, is involved with creating games of that scale anymore at that uh, today. I mean, so yeah. I'm kind of, um, yeah, so they seem to be doing it properly. I do wonder how much crunch is involved. Cause I don't think there was much news of crunch from insomniac when a lot of that discussion happened. Yeah. I think it was more, um, so it was more focused around treatment of women and, and things like that there. Yeah. Also they got, I'm pretty sure they got looped into a lot of the, um, sort of blacklisting habits that naughty dog were into as well or are into, they probably still do it. Um, so they kind of, the idea because they were like, they operate so close to each other, like geographically Yeah. that they would, um, you know, they'll essentially threaten people saying it's like, when someone left one of the companies, they won't be able to get a job at any other ones close by or in the area. Or like, I don't know, it spread quickly. Yeah. So yeah. it's, um, yeah, I'm not super happy about Insomniac, <laughs> but their games look okay for now. But I'm not really, yeah, be wary of their behaviors going forward if you can. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's true. That's true. Well, Sony uh, capped off its show with a, I guess, reveal like a proper trailer for God of War Ragnarok. Now, this is the sequel to God of War from twenty eighteen. So it it's also set in the 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 uh, the world of Midgard. You know, ancient Norse mythology. It was. When it was teased a couple of years ago, I think everyone said, "Oh, it's God of War Ragnarok." And then Sony didn't confirm the title, but it just did. Like, it's like why not confirm the title? Yeah. Anyway, um, why just leave it as like untitled God of War? Yeah, certain that was like I think Ragnarok was one that like fans thought of. Like, I don't think it was something they yeah. announced at all. And the fact that it's actually called Ragnarok yeah. is kind of funny. It's like they'll try it. Yeah. Yeah, because it was in the trailer. So in the original trailer, it said Ragnarok is coming. Oh, okay. And that's probably that's where people right. got it from. But I guess it makes sense. God of War Ragnarok, and yeah, so essentially it is set uh, three years after the first game or, or first game in the reboot. It, it's weird. Like it's it's set after 
set three years after 2018's God of War. Atreus is a, a teen now versus like a preteen. Um, Thor and Freya are hunting uh, Atreus and Kratos. Uh, and they, the duo, are actually looking for uh, the, 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 the Norse God of War uh, by the name of Tyr. And uh, basically, they're trying to stop Ragnarok from happening, I guess. Ragnarok is kind of like this catastrophic event in Norse mythology where I think pretty much the realm of the gods gets destroyed or something. It's I think it's something like that. And yeah, it's it's interesting because I, I, I still haven't finished God of War 2018 because I'm terrible with <laughs> games. Um, so I'm I'm excited to finish that off and then move on to this but from what i remember like where i am in the game like freya still isn't she isn't quite established as being evil so it'll be interesting to see how things have changed here but we won't have to wait too long because it's due next year i think that's i think four years yeah that's probably fair like for a studio to work on it and and people still complained i saw stuff on twitter like oh the animations of kratos uh getting into the Getting into a boat is exactly the same from 2018. <laughs> oh, laziness. It's like, Jesus Christ. I actually kind of like, I was thinking that, like, I actually love how much it looks like the first game, to be honest. Like, I like, I like that it wasn't like they didn't overhaul everything. It's just like, oh, it's like another one. Like, it looks like, it, like, I was actually yeah, surprised familiar. at how familiar it looked. Um, but not in like, not in a fully yeah. bad way. Just like, in a slight way, just because it's like, oh, okay, they don't seem to be changing it up much. But I kind of, I don't know. I, I like it in yeah. the sense that it seems to be continuing the story in an earnest way rather than, you know, mm. they go from the first game to this game and, like, there doesn't seem to be any, like, lost missteps at all. Like, it's just, like, you step right into yeah. this game without it missing a beat, which I kind of enjoy. That doesn't happen much because games take so long yeah. to make. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I wonder if this is going to be the end for Kratos and... Is Atreus going to be the next protagonist of God of War? Yeah, because who knows? I, I can see was, that happening. Um, I should have put it in the show notes. Actually, I forgot. Um, part of the news with the trailer on it wasn't revealed in the trailer, but it was um, stated outside of it was that this will be apparently the last game in this Norse um, mythology, like in Midgard. Like so, mm-hmm. the next one, assumedly, will be set somewhere else. So this will be the end of. Midgard adventures for Kratos as we move on to something else. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Midgard adventures, yeah, I love it. Midgard love Chronicles that. is a better video game way to say it. Um, yeah, like it looks interesting. I mean, graphically, it doesn't seem to be too different from the 2018 game, but that's because the 2018 game had really good design, uh, like uh, as yeah. it is, as it was. But it'll be interesting to see. I would love to see more done with, uh, like you know the the super fast loading and things like that, like like traveling between dimensions and things like that could be uh, an interesting idea. Yeah. If, um. In in, in a it'd game. It'd be nice like not this. to have to do those because um, they tried to do something with it in the first game where you're like walking through those sort of um, doors, those tunnels, portals, or whatever. Yeah, like you're walking yeah. across to the other portal or across the way. And like having conversations, they did a good way of bridging the gap. It's just that it's such a long game, and you can end up like replaying content a fair bit, so it ends up standing out. Yeah, um, be nice to get rid of some mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, that's true. Well, speaking of getting rid of things and chapters coming to a close, 
we finally had our first judgment in the Epic Games versus Apple trial. Uh, sorry, this is completely unrelated to the PlayStation Showcase, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> this will be a very awkward announcement at the end. But yes, uh, basically last year, uh, just to do a quick summary, Epic Games added uh, a link for players to pay to buy Fortnite V-Bucks directly through Fortnite on on. Apple devices without going through Apple's own payment system. Apple's like, you can't do that. This is um, like a breach of you know your contract. So yeah, we're pulling Fortnite off the App Store so no new players can play. Uh, and then when Crossplay went live, that was not... Uh, Crossplay was disabled for Fortnite players. So, uh, and then, you know, Epic Games sued Apple, kind of accusing them of being an antitrust like entity or like a monopoly with with its app store and that it wasn't fair that it collected 30% off every every uh every app or every game on the app store and uh judge Yvonne Gonzalez Rogers uh, back in May kind of uh stipulated some recommendations and now those have kind of become official rulings and so what she's uh what she's ruled is that number 1 Apple is blocked from not informing App Store users about payment methods that are outside of Apple's own ecosystem. So you don't have to... Uh, so Apple can't not tell people that they can uh, pay for things within apps but not using Apple's own kind of like uh, like payment processing. Uh, second, Apple is blocked from not allowing developers to implement payment quote-unquote buttons within apps uh, that link to payment methods outside of Apple's own ecosystem. So, say you're making an app and you, you want to be able to sell a subscription, you you can now direct people, uh, like now developers are allowed to direct people to like a website or something where they can put in their payment information directly and avoid Apple's 30% cut. Um, in terms of uh, what happened with Epic Games, so the judge found that Epic Games did breach its contract with Apple when it inserted its own direct uh, payment method within Fortnite last year, uh, and that Epic Games must pay Apple the 30% that it earned um, from these direct payments. Uh, it was roughly uh, $12.2 million, uh, and so Epic has to pay about $3.6 million US back to Apple uh, because... That was thirty percent of the sales from that period of time, which ultimately wasn't that long. I think it was only like a couple of days, but you know, twelve million in a couple of days, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lastly, uh, the judge uh, ruled that Apple does have the right to keep Epic Games and any of its "quote unquote" wholly owned subsidiaries, affiliates, and/or entities under its control. End quote off the App Store. So. Don't expect Fortnite to come back to the App Store. Don't expect anything Epic Games related. Um, whether it was like, what was that one? The Last Blade or something. I remember there was like, Epic Games had a few other games on the App Store. And also, if you're like affiliated with Epic Games, so if you, I don't know if it's something like if Epic Games maybe publishes your game or if you've got like some exclusive deals with them, maybe Apple could say, yeah, nah, you're not coming to the App Store. Oh, you've got an Epic Games uh, integration in your game for friends list and stuff. I think maybe that might extend to that. So it's uh, it's like Apple lost a bit. Apple lost its tight control over the App Store 
in terms of payments and Epic Games just kind of lost everything. Yeah, it's like, as I'm... <laughs> yeah, it's like... Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. It's like, it's not... Yeah, it's definitely like both sides lost, I suppose. It seems like a kind of net positive yeah. in the sense that none of them necessarily got over the other, but there were some neat, meaningful like yeah. changes moving forward for other developers <laughs> outside yeah. of those two. So seems like happy for everyone else. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, Epic Games lost the most because it wasn't able to free Fortnite and wasn't able to uh, see Apple labeled as a monopoly. However, uh, it did succeed in in allow in making Apple, uh, you know, allow people to add payment options outside of the App Store or to even let developers tell customers that there is an option out there like you know right now if you wanted to sign up to netflix or amazon or something you can't do that if you're on an apple device well i think now you have to go on a different oh, okay. device i might be wrong but i think part of the original argument was probably probably part of why apple lost is that like uh, media apps like netflix and like other ones like mm. that actually could do that already it was like specifically gaming ones like fortnite that couldn't <laughs> Like ones, yeah. I think the ones with a yeah. lot of like I think, uh, with a lot of direct transactions. You had to go to their website. Yeah, it's something. like with I think Spotify was another one. Yeah. Oh wait, no, no, but I don't think Spotify could. I think they were arguing against. <laughs> I don't know. There's a, it's messy. Yeah. But Apple, I think, were like somewhat inconsistent in how they applied it already. And um, yeah, yeah, so I imagine that led to it as well. So um, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'm I'm happy about the like not being able to block buttons leading to other things because that's a kind of a big boost to people yeah. who are, uh, companies are able to use it even though it'll probably just be the big ones really but it's um but think about it think about the precedent it sets now because Nintendo Microsoft Sony all run you know app stores essentially stores on their devices and all the games that are released on their platforms have to be licensed by them mm-hmm. So, it's probably even worse. Like, I wonder... Because uh, Microsoft was on Epic's side and saying that Apple is, you know... It's not fair that Apple's charging all this and blah, blah, blah. Never mind the fact that we also take a certain amount of money, like a 30% cut from our <laughs> our developers and stuff. Yeah. So, it was, yeah, it, it's interesting to see how it'll affect other app stores across the internet. Yeah, it's... um Yeah, so Epic Games filed a appeal as well. Um, we'll see how that pans out as well. Cause that, of like, course it did. I'm kind of surprised like Apple wouldn't either. <laughs> like I feel like they might as well. Because like, they're losing like a bit... They could potentially be losing... a, Well, not potentially. They will be losing money out of this. Not just in the lawsuit, but like in the yeah. out- aftermath of it. So... Um, yeah. Yeah, what so... Be smart? Why I guess like we'll wait until the appeals process has been wrapped up, however long that takes. And yeah. then probably be clearer whether other companies are at risk of losing like you know yeah hardware console manufacturers like nintendo and sony and such Mm. um yeah they might be losing out they might not we'll see how it goes yeah exactly well we'll see i guess time will tell um but yeah this uh yeah this last story yeah so last story for today um twitch has filed a lawsuit in california district court against um a pair of defendants known as creatine, uh, creatine overdose. Is that it? Um, cruise and yep. cruise control. Um, two, two individuals who are they alleged that have uh, been flooding Twitch stre- uh, quote flooding Twitch streamers with hateful conduct 
in the form of hate raids, which goes against the company's community guidelines. So, um, uh, Abia, you can kind of fix me, like correct me if I'm wrong, but like hate raids are basically when people organize streams with people willing to essentially be hateful on command um, and then use the yeah. raid feature, which lets them redirect all their current um, viewers to a separate... Like viewers yeah, onto. to a separate stream entirely um, once they go offline. Yeah. I think. Is that right? Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah no, so that's right. And and especially like in the wake, like a few months ago, Twitch adding like a 150 plus categories that include people from minority groups and stuff. Now you've got an easy way to find the people. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a double-edged sword. Um, yeah. So the Amazon-owned stream, like Twitch claimed that it took, uh, quote, took swift action when it found out about the defendant's actions and added that the pair quote, evaded Twitch's bans by creating new alternate Twitch accounts and continually altering their self-described hate raid code to avoid detection and suspension, end quote. Um, yeah, so oh. I remember one of the things... Right I remember back. one of the things that a lot of streamers were saying is that, like, you can... Twitch should at least try to attach... Um, or one thing that would, like, just squash it entirely is attaching um, phone numbers to accounts. So you can't just create them anonymous, create anonymous profiles, like, just over and over again which is a huge yeah. part of it. Like, make it harder. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Twitch hasn't identified either of the handles or either of the personalities, um, creatine, overdose, or cruise control. Um, they believe that they reside in Austria and Netherlands, Netherlands, respectively. Um, otherwise, yeah, so I'm kind of curious to see how this goes, if they kind of know the area the way they are, yeah. but no, don't actually know who they are. So um, hopefully there's an the outcome thing, to it. Because you can spoof... Yeah, because you can spoof IP addresses and things like that. So it'll be, and I don't know about the, the like the specific laws in Austria and the Netherlands because Twitch filed. Sorry, like Twitch filed this in a, in a California district court, uh, the the US district court, but in California. So I, I wonder how the ju the jurisdiction kind of works in terms of. You know, would these two get extradited to the US? Yeah. And try Yeah, I guess. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I think we'd have to look into it a bit because there's no way either of us know even yeah. slightly enough. But um. But either way, it, this is great. Um, it's great to see Twitch actually doing something, putting its money where its mouth is. Because just last week we talked about, like, the one the day off stream, protest when. You know, a lot of creators saying, you're not doing enough Twitch and we're going to take a day off, uh, you know, streaming. And we saw, like, up to, like, a 20% reduction in, like, viewership. You know, like, clearly it's it's had an impact and it's good to see that Twitch is actually doing something. Yeah, I hope so. It's like, when I think about it, it's like, if they're kind of targeting um, two individuals who are, like, seemingly, you know, seemingly not in the US at all and that... Amazon as a corporation can't necessarily like track down, um, you know, legally. It makes me think that maybe this is more of a scapegoat if they really can't do much. But yeah. I, in a way, I suppose it's kind of setting, at the very least, setting, kind of um, setting up the idea that if you're at least based in the U.S., they might come after you. Um, and or you know, even if you're yeah. not in the U.S., going off this story. I'm just kind of curious to see what the... Hey, Twitch is going to come yeah, for you. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious to see what the consequences of this are. Because, like, I mean, I don't know. I suppose it's not... There's nothing innately bad about this, so I'm happy it's happening. But I hope yeah. there's actually some change coming. 
Something's better than nothing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, God, it's bleak. Um, yeah, <laughs> so that's true. We'll we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens because, yeah, I know that I think it was like Signal. It's like one of those like you know encrypted messaging apps, or, or was it Proton Mail? I think it was Proton Mail. Oh, right caught some flack last week because it revealed the IP address of one of its users even though it claims to be you know a fully encrypted mail service uh, because it was served I think a subpoena by like a warrant by the French police oh right okay. so I wonder if maybe in Europe it's a bit like you know Europe's always been a bit more crazy about privacy and everything but also about enforcing rules so maybe the European Union's like yeah no, nah, you can't get away with this shit yeah well in this case yeah. I hope so yeah it'd be nice <laughs> to actually yeah. have some sort of yeah. yeah outcome to this yeah get these scumbags yeah. <laughs> yeah but you know what fingers crossed hopefully something comes of this and something positive and some more changes come mm. across uh, Twitch but yeah that's gonna do it for another episode uh, thank you so much everyone for listening we know it's been a bit more of a longer episode than normal uh, obviously there a lot of the, uh, the the bulk of it came from the Sony news uh, which, hey, if you're a Sony fan or, a, you know, uh, a PS5 owner, like, you, there's a lot coming your way and definitely be looking forward to it. Uh, me, I have a lot to still play, so I'm a while away from playing any of these new games, but I'm still excited because new games are yeah, good. I, <laughs> new games are always fun I to can't see. believe we thought this was going to be short. <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just like three stories. Yeah. <laughs> but no, one story is like 20 stories in yeah. it. But yeah, if, you, if you'd like to share your thoughts about uh, what you thought about sh- uh, Sony's showing this past week, you can write in at podcast at doublejump.co or write in on our community Discord at uh, doublejump.co slash Discord. Uh, if, you would li- if you'd love to uh, you know, hear more about what, we, what our thoughts have been over the news over the past year or so, uh, definitely hit subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform you're using. We always appreciate, uh, you know, uh, more people listening to the show. We, we we do it for you. We do it for the fun. So we'd definitely love to see your support. And if you'd love to learn a bit more about Double Jump itself and read all of our awesome content, you can head over to doublejump.co and uh, read some more uh, about the news in detail in our weekly digest as well as reviews, uh, news and uh, more. John, we've got a very special behind-the-scenes project going on. Hopefully, maybe this time next week, we'll be able to share it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, because I'd see how that turns yeah. out. Well, I mean, I guess we already <laughs> yeah, kind of know what it looks like and stuff, but <laughs> it's still exciting. <laughs> yeah, but it'll be exciting to let everyone know what it will be. But yes, John, thank you so much again. I always love, uh, you know, hanging out with you and talking games. Yeah, uh, back at, <laughs> yeah, always, um, yeah, always enjoy this, so thanks. Yeah, especially because... I'm a news nerd who's been following news, but you've actually played games, so you you could actually speak to the games we talk about, which is good. Oh, I actually feel like it's like almost like I feel like neither of us play nearly enough. Like it's like I definitely read more about games than I actually play them. Mostly, anyway. Hopefully that hopefully that changes soon. Yeah. But yes, everyone at home, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, look out for one another. Bye. See ya.